Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girlbomb grip and professional-grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girlbomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girlbomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We are talking every single episode of every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits. Streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. This is so cool. Don't Tell Comedy is sponsoring this podcast. Don't Tell Comedy are comedy shows that happen in these really intimate, unique spaces like art galleries and backyards and rooftops. I did one of their first shows in 2017. It was in a random clothing store in L.A. Now they're in 150 cities worldwide. You got to check them out. They are such a perfect night out. Don't Tell Comedy is the spot to go. Date night, alone night, friend night, whatever you want it to be. It's so fun. Get tickets at DontTellComedy.com. Use the code Nikki for 20% off your for show. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Here's Nikki. Hello, here I am. Welcome to the show. It's the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I'm Nikki Glazer. Andrew Collin is here. Noah is here. Noah, I'm not going to lie. I never remember how to pronounce your last name, and it's so embarrassing. Like, I just, I can't, I can't tell you that in person. Like, I have to do it on air when we're like, for some reason, it's easier for me to say really embarrassing things and things I'm ashamed of into a microphone when it's like live than to like personally say to you, I honestly never say your last name because I just freak out because I haven't memorized how to pronounce it. So I'm going to guess and you just let me know, like, if there was a gun to my head, I was going to say, dumb idiot. Oh, what did you say? No, that's it. Avior. Avior, yeah. I'm going to remember it from now on because I'm always going to think of Avenue because it's always like Avior. You know, like I think of A, but I know that you hate birds, so it's not avian. I don't hate all birds. I I just hate pigeons. Which are of the avian family. So that's how I'm going to remember it. That's how I, that's literally how I do everything. And that does not mean I'm a bad friend, by the way. Like Noah's one of my best friends, but me, it, it just, it's one of those things that has been, on my mind for so long 
and I never am sure of it, so I always just don't say it. But I just want to get honest about it because it doesn't mean I'm a bad person. It doesn't mean I don't love Noah. I forgot my be- like one of my best friend Robin's birthdays yesterday. I forgot Kirsten's birthday this year. I forgot my mom's birthday this year. I'm not a bad person because I forget birthdays. I love them just as much as they love me. I'm going to forgive myself for it, and I hope that they forgive me too. But I just there's certain things sometimes that I just go, you're like I have so much shame about. Like it's it's shameful that I don't know how to pronounce your last name, and then it's like gets so f- like. Can I tell you just something really so embarrassing? Far and then I feel too embarrassed. Yeah. It's gl- it's Glasser. For a long time, I didn't know how to pronounce my own last name either. Well. <laughs> okay, that kind of makes me feel better, but like also it's, I don't know. Uh, uh, what, tell me about that. I make you feel better too, Nikki? Okay. Can I make so, you feel better? You didn't know Noah's last name. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> no. I, 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 Did I, I honestly, I, I, I don't think I've ever said her last name once out loud until I still have it. Because you didn't know <laughs> how to say it. Do you, do you know now how to say it? Say it, Andrew. Yeah, What's Avier? my last name? Say it, bitch. Avior. Say my name. Yeah, say my name. Go. Avior. You got it. Avior. Avior. Like Dior. I'm going to say the or. Is, there, is it wrong to say the or? It's A-V-I-O-R for our listeners who may not know. Is it wrong to say, is it? Avior, because I would say the or, or is it avier? Avior. I used to have like, uh, there are a lot of oh sorry. I used to have a language teacher, and she would go every time she would take attendance, she would go Noah avoir. She would be like so dramatic about yes, it. It sounds like used to hate av- it. because avoir a v o i r is the one of the you know most popular verbs, most used verbs in French, it's to have. It means to have. So like you say, when you say like j'ai, j'ai apostrophe a-i, it's like I have, and that's a conjugation of av- avoir, a-v-o-i-r. So it does look very um, French. So I'm glad to have that out of the way. Like <laughs> that is a burden to me that I have like, I've just been avoiding that's for so long. So and funny. it's so interesting <laughs> to me that I could never tell, like I have asked you about it before and um. And I kind of like swallowed my pride in asking you. We've had this conversation before and I got the answer and I think I didn't create a mnemonic device to remember it. And so then I was like, fuck, wait, like, do you ever do that where you're like, clear the air, you like get some information, you're like, oh, good. And then you are so obsessed with all the pomp around it that you forget actually the the thing. Like you get directions somewhere and you're like, thanks, man. And you're like thinking about remembering the direction so you don't actually remember. You know what I mean? So I need a ways for your name is what I'm saying. I need a GPS. Um, But there are embarrassing things when it comes to like being a human being. And it doesn't mean you're a bad person. Like I think that so much of I'm always fearing that the things I do are all proof that I'm I'm selfish. I am a narcissist. I am only out for myself and I'm a bad person. And there's like, oh, I think I'm always trying to collect things that support that belief about myself and so I was just uh talking with a good friend Ian Fidance he came by my hotel I'm in New York City and uh old friend of you know the U Up days Ian Fidance I haven't seen him in two years and we were talking about honestly like we we both are you know people who like love uh recovery programs and we were talking about like struggling with just substance abuse whether it be you know food pot alcohol uh you know sex porn whatever it is we were talking about all that and 
really, I was just trying to, what we arrived at was like, just it all, all this behavior stems from feeling like you are not a good person and wanting to alleviate that feeling of like feeling like anxiety because you're either scared or shamed or anything. And the only way to alleviate it is to get a little hit of dopamine. And when you reach for that thing to make yourself feel better, you're just all you are in that moment that you're doing something that is addictive or wrong or illegal is you're just trying to be a person who isn't in pain. And why would you ever be mad at a person that's just trying to not be in pain? And like, I just think that's a great way to, I don't know. I just want to put that out there as like, if whatever anyone out there is struggling with today, whether it be like, oh, I, you know, I, I drove drunk a little bit last or that one time. And I'm so ashamed of that. I'm never going to been, I shoplifted once. I, I have trouble cleaning my room. Everything you do is you're just trying your best. Like you're just a person who's in pain. So like, let it go. Um, and so I'm just, it's like a nice reminder for myself that when I feel, I think that if I wouldn't have met with Ian and had that conversation, I think I would have just said, and Noah's here and not said it. But I'm just like, I'm not a bad person because I don't know how to pronounce your last name. I love you. It doesn't, it's just because I don't know your last name and I haven't, you know, well, I, I just felt people, really bad for getting my friend's birthday last night. Certain people react the way Noah is. She would never be like, how can you not know my, but there are certain people that, you know, I was that way for a little while with Collins because people add S on my last name and I'm like, are you even my friend? How do you not know that I don't have an S? And those kind of people, it's tough because that's why we walk on eggshells when we, we, we want to bring it up. But a lot of people react poorly yes. to the truth. So well, I, don't, I don't know what to really do when someone reacts poorly. There's actually a study poorly. that just came out. What's that? Well, you, we talk a lot about this. You and I talk a lot about this actually on the show of like you, you and I are both scared of being someone being mad at us being criticized, having it come back to us. Well, well, you do this or the person, us having to walk on eggshells because you're so scared of the response you're going to get from telling the truth, right? And I actually just read a study on Reddit the other day that uh, came out that said, you know, and I'm paraphrasing because I only read a third of things and I probably only read a third of this headline, <laughs> but it said that <laughs> we underestimate how much people want constructive criticism we are living in a society where we are so scared to offend people we are also so fragilely egoed ourselves that we project that other people don't want constructive criticism so studies have shown that we bite our tongue more often than not and we shouldn't be doing that because what people actually do crave is hey um you know and there's a way to present it, obviously, but like, I love what you've been doing, but here's a way that I can love what you're doing even more. And like, you're not a bad person because you did it this other way. You're not wrong. Like, even when it comes to sex, like I kind of, uh, there have been times in romantic situations for me where I am scared to voice what I like in bed because I don't want that person to feel like shame about doing it a way that I didn't like. And it's so stupid because like that one time that I was giving a hand job and my stupid ring that I can't get off like scratched the person. Like I, there was a part of me that turned into 17 year old Nikki that is like, 
I, I'm not perfect and I fucked up and like he hates me because I did this thing. I'm doing it wrong. And there was like a flash of like this deep shame of like, I'm bad because I did something wrong. And I, you know, I almost like started pouting and was just like, I don't even want to do it anymore. But then I'm like, that is helpful for me to know. So this person, I can give them more pleasure in the way they want that they're not doing this because they think I'm a bad person. And it's just so great to get older and forgive yourself for things. And I think you're right, Andrew. It's like, there's so many times you don't say things because you're worried about the response. And those people that do go, oh my God, you don't even know how to pronounce my last name. It's Glazer. You've been saying Glasser. You're my best friend. How do you not know that? The truth is that's on them. Like if people get mad at you because they're trying to make you feel like a bad person because honestly, they feel like a bad person in some way in their life and they are projecting. It always comes down to that because people who forgive themselves for being humans and being flawed don't have that same aggression towards other people. So when you are met by someone who lashes out at you, like, Andrew, I've done it to you in the past. I'm trying to get better at it, but this is something we've dealt with where you've been scared to confront me about something or to say something that you need or want from me because you're scared I'm going to say no or like you're I'm going to say no which actually is an answer and I'm entitled to say no sure. which is in your like we dealt with that which is another whole bag of bullshit but like when I respond in a way that is like Andrew I can't believe you didn't know that like why would you do that and like that is me 100% me <laughs> being anxious that day because of some other shit like and I'm taking it on on you because you are the easiest like much like what you grab to soothe your anxiety like for me it's porn or masturbating or um overeating or you know these things are things that get my dopamine up so that I don't have to feel anxious sometimes the thing that I grab that is you know, better than drinking for me, better than kicking my dog, whatever else might happen if I didn't do those things. Sometimes that thing that's the least harmful thing I can do for myself and others is being a little bit of a bitch to Andrew. And that doesn't mean that I chose the right thing. In that moment, that was the only thing I could do. And this takes us really to the Will Smith thing because I've been thinking a lot about this. And what I realized was Will Smith is someone who is in immense pain immense pain because you don't do that unless you are you just don't and I'm getting to a place of real empathy for him because this is what happened with Will Smith this is what I think based on how I respond to things and how I've lashed out when he got that look from Jada after he laughed and processed the joke and he got that look from Jada for him like we all are met with choices in life of like what am I gonna do I'm feeling anxious right now. I'm, st I'm cornered and there's a couple options for me, right? Sometimes for me, those options are smoking pot that I do have in my drawer in my room still. I know there's some pot or that I haven't done since August or it's eating this entire thing of hummus with my finger and kind of numbing out. For me, sometimes I overeat the hummus and I eat way more to the point where I feel like I'm sick because that to me was the ease, was the better choice for me in those two. Those are the only thing, two, two things I had to, to soothe my anxiety, right? Now for Will Smith in that moment, he is in a similar situation. He does not have, he can't meditate. He, can't, he doesn't have the options to soothe his anxiety in that moment. First of all, he has anxiety about fucking, he's already had jokes about Jada made. He already knows that he's gonna feel the wrath of her for like 
her being in a bad mood because of these jokes later on or whatever's going to happen afterwards. He's already thinking of that because there's been a couple jokes already, right? We don't know what else is going on in their lives. And then they get to that moment and he's feeling anxiety about the ward coming up. They get to the moment. Chris Rock says the joke. Will laughs uncomfortably because he's probably just thinking about other things, didn't even hear what Chris Rock said. He looks over at Jada and he sees the face that she gives him. And the, uh, what he knows is on the other side of that look, the no, whether, whether it's her punitive silence in the limo on the ride to the party, whether it's weeks of her shutting him out, whether it's her, whatever it is, right then he had two options. Deal with Chris Rock and lash out at him and like get rid of this anxiety by doing that or deal with what is on the other side of that look from Jada. That was his two options, fight or flight in that moment. And he chose deal with the Chris Rock thing. Now, okay, so now he has a new corner. He's choosing that one because it's the, it li- literally is less painful to him than whatever is on the other side of that Jada look, which leads me to believe their relationship and what is going on there is messier than we know because he chose punching Chris Rock over dealing with that Jada look. So we don't know what's going on in the relationship, but I get, I'm guessing it's not great. So then he goes to, to Chris Rock and now he has another corner he's backed into. Do I say something back to him? Or do I punch him? Let's say those are his two options. He has very, a couple, these are like, you know, you're in a car and you see a car crash in front of you and you either go around it or you push on your brakes. What are you going to do? Swerve? Which, we always have these options. Which one am I going to survive more? And for him, the option that was better in that moment that he chose was punching, slapping, slap punching, I think, Will Smith, because either he didn't have the right words or or sorry, Chris Rock, either Will Smith did not have the right words or he, he does, isn't a man that could put his anger into words in that moment. Or he thought that maybe his words were going to make him look stupider or affect his life and his livelihood and cause more pain than the punch. But he only did the best that he could in that situation. And I'm serious. Like, I know that's like, that's the best he could do guys. Literally. Yes. That was all Will Smith could do in that situation. I am not angry at him for it. And you know what? The Academy not pulling him out was the best they could fucking do. And you know what? It wasn't, it wasn't fucking good. It, they should have done something and they had a lot of time to make those decisions to pull him out and to have repercussions for what happened. Why, what do you mean by best? Though? It Be- was out of the options he had in that moment. Yeah. In those options, like... He, you, he didn't, I know you're like, well, he could have just, what, what about the option of not saying anything? But I think saying but, best. But for him, that option was more painful. But it's the best out of two. It's the least, not best being the least harm out of the two options being the best. The you best know, like for the him. Devil, the devil, the best for him, because in that moment, he didn't have any other option. Like no, I, if I, he did, if he had the ability to stay, like he would have. No, like, I think. Like, like I always say about like when people. I think Chris Rock epitomizes yeah. every single joke he's heard over the last 10 years, especially recently about his wife. No, having, Will Smith. Um, Will Smith. What's that? No, but Chris Rock epitomizes. Sorry, every- you're saying Chris. We keep. No, no. Oh. I am. I'm saying it right. I'm, yes. What I'm saying, though, is that at that moment, there's been so much buildup we have before that moment that Chris Rock could have been any. I, like, he was just the 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 face of a million jokes Will Smith Absolutely. has heard over the last 10 years. And 
what I have learned is well, like, that I, was the corner. He was backed into a corner. Yeah. That was the final showdown for but, him. So that was I, it. Like that was the moment where it was like either I, yeah, I know. But I've I've heard staying quiet for Will Smith before with all the jokes that were made against Jada Pinkett Smith before when he was staying quiet and put up with it. That was him choosing quiet over punching someone. Quiet over punching someone, and it got to the point. We're staying quiet and putting up with whatever Jada was going to, whatever was on the other side of that Jada look was more harmful to him than doing what he did. He did the thing that was going to cause the least harm to him, which ended up being punching Chris Rock. But that's what I'm saying. It's like, you're right. It was all. The the other thing about Will Smith is that, you know, I've heard this from other people. So obviously I'm just repeating what I've heard. But in his book, it talks about his own mother getting abused by his father. And he never stood up for his own mother. So he never stood up for the woman that he loved, that he respected, that, that, was, that, that he cared about the most in the world, which is now obviously Jada, even though, oh, she fucking cheats on him. How could he fucking care about her? Life is weird. You can still fucking care about someone like that. Yes. And, that's what was all. Yeah. It all culminated to that moment. Yeah. And, and it's, he didn't have an option. He didn't know it was going to be that moment. He wasn't saving. It wasn't, he, he, it was, it was a uh, volcanic explosion that was rumbling for a while. And that was the moment, but we do this all the time. Like there are times when I will get into a fight with my boyfriend over the tiniest little thing, because it happens at the moment that my defenses are weakened. I'm on my period. I'm more emotional. I have been, you know, pushing things down that I'm upset about. And it all comes out over this dumb thing. It's not about the fucking whatever it is, him making the wrong turn. It's about all the other shit. It was just the, it was just the thing that, that it was the best he could do. And Will Smith is someone who's in pain and was doing the best he could do in that moment, which wasn't very good, but it was all he could do. Honestly, The annoying thing that I see is like, you know, so he finally stands up for his woman, right? And then everyone goes, God, he's so emasculated. He just listens to whatever his woman tells. Like, you can't win. Like, you stand up for your, for your wife, right? Obviously, the slap could have gone about differently. But, like, the idea that, like, oh, you're such a fucking pussy for being tough. You know what I mean? Like, the guy can't win. So either he sits there. Yeah, and he takes really it and he's emasculated or he hits the guy and he's also emasculated and all these like tough alpha males like no you don't listen to your woman there you just take the joke it's like i don't know this whole like meathead culture about and yet he's he actually got up and stood up for her so i don't yeah i i, uh, I you know it wasn't the right way to stand up because if you really if you would have had time to think this over, it was just him being in a car accident and a, there was a crash in front of him. Does he swerve yeah. or does he put on his brakes? We always have these like two things that we get aside in the like, split second. And he chose one that was like either either way was going to be messy for him. He didn't have he but didn't coming have an into it. To not if do you're premeditating, if he had ideas of like if someone comes at Jada, I don't give a fuck who it is. Tonight's the night. Even I'm, that premeditation is the best he can do in that moment. No, honestly. I know. I'm just saying I, it's 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 an interesting way to look at it, you know, like because but, if, if yeah, it was I just, scheduled. I'm feeling for everyone in this. I everyone's doing their best and some people are people can't help their brains and what they do. I just got to remember that before I get on, you know, just just start hating everyone and everyone's doing the best they can do. All right, let's go to break and come back with a fun show of news and laughs. <laughs> 
Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, the weather is getting a lot warmer. And so your wardrobe probably needs an update. I know mine does. And it's so hard when you want to buy new stuff because you want it to last a long time. You want it to look really good. And you want it to like stand the test of time in terms of like fashion. At least that's what I want. And so that's why I love Quince because Quince is all about effortless fashion that looks chic and timeless year round. I'm talking premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. Washable silk top. They have so many chic jewelry pieces like these globe boho hoops. I love those. You could just blindly click and end up with such wardrobe essentials. They're not wasting your time at Quince. I love the Quince um, dress I got. I'm trying to find it because I want to say the exact name of it, but it's like this long sleeve dress, but it's like a midi skirt. It's so cute. It's like silky feeling. It's just, I've told you about it before. Okay, there's so much cute stuff on here. I got to go and get back to the podcast, but you know, what to do. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Nikki for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C Quince.com slash Nikki to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash Nikki. Tired of hair removal tools that just don't cut it? Conair Bomb gives you smooth, flawless results while putting you firmly in control. From achieving that silky smooth skin to boosting your inner confidence, Conair Bomb is all about helping you elevate your self-care game. Whether it's creating a hype playlist, throwing yourself into a hobby, or scheduling some me time, self-care is important to keeping you feeling confident and empowered. It's time to take your hair removal routine to the next level. You can trust Conair Bomb to get the job done right. Conair Bomb gives you the secret weapons for achieving powerful results with ease. Designed with women in mind, these tools boast the Sassy Girl Bomb Grip for unparalleled handling and precision, along with professional grade blades to deliver results that you used to only get from men's tools. No more compromising. So, to all you incredible women out there, treat yourself to a little Conair Girl Bomb magic. Don't settle for anything less than perfection. Elevate your grooming game with Conair Girl Bomb. Available now at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. Are you looking for some amazing TV to stream? Well, sink into your couch and indulge with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. We're talking some of the greatest comedies of all time. Absolute must-watch shows. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the crew in How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons of How I Met Your Mother are now streaming on Hulu right now. One of my favorite shows ever. And I mean, don't you want to know how he met their mother? Then go back home with the Dumfies, the Pritchetts, and the Pritchett-Tuckers in Modern Family. Then you can start over with the Roses on Schitt's Creek. And then see what's up in the Kyle household in My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits. Streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. I mean, can you even watch all of this? We think so. Head on over to Hulu and start streaming today. Now we're talking.
Oh my God, you guys, I'm so excited that Don't Tell Comedy is sponsoring this podcast because they have like all of my favorite clips on Instagram Reels. I'm constantly discovering new comedians from these clips. And I always like, how do you even go to these shows? Where are they happening? Well, now I know because I have the information right here. You can go to one of these shows. Don't Tell Comedy are putting on the coolest comedy shows in the country. This isn't like a comedy club. This isn't a theater. These are small, unique venues like on rooftops, backyards, art galleries. If you're looking for a fun night out in your town, which it's probably in your town because these shows used to just be in LA and now they're all over the country, 150 cities in Canada, the US and the UK. Don't Tell Comedy is the best thing for you to go out and explore and do. You're going to see amazing new comedians. You're going to see pop-ins from famous comedians. You've seen the clips online. Be a part of the experience live in person and do it on me, guys. Get tickets at DontTellComedy.com and then use the code Nikki for 20% off your first show. 20% off. That's freaking good. All right, we're back. Uh, let's get to the news. Wait, before we get to the news, let's get to your tour. Oh, thank you for that. Um, tour date's <laughs> coming up, you guys. We are going to Austin, Texas. Uh, we are also going to New Orleans. Austin is April 14th, I believe. Yeah. New, New Orleans. Orleans is... Yep. Um, New Orleans some is other April day. 21st. April 21st. We're going to um, just talk about these cities a little bit because uh, when we talked about Winnipeg, it got people interested. And I just like learning about a little. I never learn about cities before I go there. And maybe this will help me come up with some jokes for places. I want to talk about Austin. Um, these are some uh, things I just came up with. 10 facts about Austin, Texas, you didn't know. And if you might just like knee jerk, want to plan a trip to Austin, there is. This is part of the Moon Tower Comedy Festival that I'm doing. It's a whole weekend of all the best comics in the country coming together and doing shows what a great place to just go plan a girl's trip, plan a romantic weekend. Just go by yourself if you're a comedy fan and just binge comedy. So I'll be there Thursday night doing two shows. Um, but there's like comedy live podcast happening all weekend long. And I just, I really recommend it. If that sounds good to you, plan a, plan a trip around it. So, um, Austin has the only nude beach in all of Texas. Hippie hollow is a clothing optional beach located on Lake Travis. Oh my God. I love that. Have you ever been to a nude beach? Just in like layer while I, wearing layers. I, topless. <laughs> what? I just love the idea of really? a guy that like puts on a winter coat and goes to the. But no, I've never. You've been topless before? Wearing Israel or something? No, uh, it was in um, St. Martin. Oh, I, went to a topless beach. I would love to go to a nude beach. I don't want to have like my, I don't want to get like sand in my vagina though, because it already does when you're wearing a swimsuit and it's just like having sand in your sandwich, which, you know, I got one. Done. <laughs> um, Austin, uh, um, let's see. I had no idea. That's why they called it let's, sandwich. These aren't interesting. God, these are the worst. Uh, Austin, if there's, Okay, these are all the worst facts. It's just like promoting things. Um, the Texas State Capitol building is the second largest Capitol building. Who cares? Austin is one of the sunniest cities in America. Out of 365 days, Austin gets an average of 300 days of sunshine. That's awesome. I lived in Boulder, and they also, um, for a year, I lived in Boulder going to school, and that was also a place that set, celebrated 300 days of sunshine. And man, does that affect your fucking mood, you know? Kirsten is one of those lights that she sits in front of in the winter when she's in Kansas City. The red light thing? To like give her, I don't know if it's red light, but you know, it's just like for people with um, 
seasonal affect disorder or whatever that like and she says it really works um i definitely feel a mood shift when the sun is out but i'm also one of those people that loves the rain because it gives me an excuse to be depressed which i think actually makes the me most fun depressed. i had in austin i took a pontoon boat down lake travis that was cool and then you go on a i don't know if you ever done have you ever done a rope swing it's uh, like I, I did ropes courses, like, you know, in middle school and stuff for like team. Building. Oh, those were, fun. those were a rope swing, like into the lake. Yeah, you mean like a lake. rope swing where you like let go and there's video oh, no, of me. I've never done it. I was, I've never been less graced. Like you only fall 10 feet, but you would have thought I fell 6,000 feet the way I hit the water. It's like, I hit it in a way <laughs> that some, it looked like God threw me down to try to kill me, but it was cool. It was fun. <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't, I, I, but yeah, no, people do it all the time. The best is like, you see those videos where the person lets go a little early and uh, they they miss the lake completely, which is a, uh, oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know what? I have done a rope swing off a yacht and that's not to brag, but it is, uh, it was off. Um, Amy rented us uh, the Seinfeld's yacht in um, the Bahamas for like all of her girlfriends. And we took, we had to take a seaplane there. And we were on this amazing fucking yacht where they, I remember they had a whole boat crew like below deck that they ironed our sheets, which I thought was like, why are they ironing our sheets? That's so stupid. But um, it was the nicest experience of my life. But they had a rope swing that went off the thing. And I remember being so scared that I was going to let go at the wrong time and just like slam into the side of it and just like flop in. And like, it's just imb- ropes and like thinking your upper body strength is like more than you. Like I always overestimate how strong I am, but I, I looked pretty good actually. Um, I should post it. Yeah. Um, and then Austin, I'm just, I mean, Austin's just like a cool fucking city. The people are cool. Comedy's always great there. I haven't been back in so long and I've moved the state a million times. So like, I'm so appreciative of anyone coming out to the shows and um, I'm going to have a lot of comedians and like, um, you're going to be there, but I'm going to have like a lot, like I think Dr. Drew's coming to one show. I like, I'm getting a lot of like the comedians that are in town are coming to my show. So there's going to be an added element of me feeling like very excited to like perform for my peers because there's usually when you're performing, there's not other comedians in town, like scoping out your show. And so that'll be fun too. And um, yeah, I went on stage last night for the first time since like December. At the cellar. And at the, yeah, at the cellar, feel? I did three sets. Dude, it was so fun. I'm working on this new bit that I have. I always knew I was going to talk about this one thing that happened to me. And it was always so embarrassing and kind of like shameful and something that I thought that people would judge me for that. I never I I just needed space from it. And I've had a year away from it. And now I'm ready to like talk about it. And for the first time last night, because all their phones are tucked away in these little cases and things like that, I felt comfortable. Like I went on stage and was, I wrote an entire new 10 minutes last night. I like sat down and wrote all these jokes and it's hard to memorize all of them, but they really hit. There's some really special stuff going on. And I'm really excited about my next special because I have been talking to my boyfriend about it. And we're like talking about what I want to do. Like we were watching Bo Burnham a lot the other day. And we were just talking about like, this is because he'd never seen Bo Burnham. It was one of those things where he was like, oh, this kid's annoying and like wrote him off. And I was like, you just trust me. You've got to get into it. And he was blown away and really inspired and was like, Nikki, this is what you need to do with the guitar. Like this is you you like. And that's the way I felt. I was like, I want to I need to like start saying more and being like as honest as Bo is. And I have been doing that, I, I think. But there's a new story I want to tell. And um. He told me, which is a great way to look at anything creatively you're going through. It's like every joke you write, everything you do, 
should answer the question, what's the story you're trying to tell? Like, what is what what are you trying to tell? What's the story you're trying to tell? Like, he said that he worked on a production like anytime he works with this production company done and dusted. They do these big events like the Emmys, Grammys and like iHeart Radio Awards. And they're, you know, the main guy, David Jammy, always asks, does this what story are we trying to tell? That's what they always start with. And I love that. Like, even an award show has a story to tell. And. You know, this is getting into like Andrew of you being like, but sometimes I just like to make a silly joke that doesn't mean any, doesn't have a fucking overarching meaning. But that's a story to tell. It's like silliness is important. Like that mm-hmm. could be the story. So I'm just excited. And um, I'm also excited we're going to New Orleans. Um, and I want to just do a couple fun facts about New Orleans. Uh, and also Andrew obviously lived there. Yeah, I lived there. All right, but before Andrew says one, I have an interesting one. Did you know that Bourbon Street is not named after the alcohol? I know. What? It's named after the chicken. What? Uh, no, it's named after a royal family. Oh. Is bourbon the drink named after the royal family too then? Like are they both uh, named after the same thing? I did not look thing? up that fact. <laughs> All right. Okay, Bourbon Street. That is, New Orleans for me has been tough because I don't drink any, I wish I would have gone to New Orleans when I drank. I mean, uh, it's such a great city. Um, I hope that we... Maybe let's play, stay an extra day there or something to like, I want to just have you take me around, Andrew. Like, where would you take me in New Orleans as someone mm. who like is a, has been on Bourbon Street, has kind of done like, I don't yeah. like beignets. I don't like fried food. I don't like drinking. I love like music. Like, where would you take me? I have the perfect thing. It's, it's oh. my second fun fact. Yes. New Orleans features many above ground tombs. I love those. Yes. Many. I mean, literally thousands. They can't put them underground because of the water level. They'll just be floating down there. I love, I love going through cemeteries. An interesting fact about New Orleans is, uh, like, you could live, everyone, like, lives pretty much next to a cemetery where everyone's above ground. (laughs) It's just like, and it it becomes in a way where it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, all those people are just float like... (laughs) Like just above, like I don't know. It's like yes. wild how like normalized what are it becomes. People like in huh? New Orleans, like you people lived there. Like are... you lived in St. Louis. Now you lived in Florida. Yeah. You've lived in New York. Like, what's the vibe in New Orleans? What are the people? Well, like? here's the thing: when you go to college, it's you, you are like um, excluded from kind of the culture or, or the people from there. You know, you kind of stick to your own. Yeah. That being said, you know, there's a shirt or a phrase that's very popular in New Orleans called "Third World" and proud of it, and. Mm-hmm. I guess the idea is like loud conversation, saying the wrong things, dark humor, um, obviously, you know, throwing up on your own genitals, but like really like just. So they've seen some shit and they're okay with like, so that show can be like dirtier. We can, oh like, my God. Not you gonna could be, like. It's not going to be uh, touchy. It's not going to be like groans. Like these people can fucking get it. Because almost to the point where it'd be, yeah, hard to like entertain, hard to shock them. You know what I mean? Like, oh, that's going to be a challenge. Come to our New Orleans show and watch us try to like get you to clutch your pearls or your you know beads that you got for showing your tits. And I feel um, like with New Orleans too, it's like just one of those cities where whatever you know. When I did drink, but you sit at a bar and you f- you feel very like very quickly comfortable talking to the person next to you that you've never met, and you might hear a story that you that most people would probably not tell anyone but it's like the story they lead with and i think that's kind of where i've gotten that kind of attitude from uh i remember going from new orleans to then living in like hermosa beach california like straight from Mm -hmm. there and i i was not ready for that like for people putting on airs and like 
yeah being more like just uh uptight and so i would lean into getting all fucked cards. up in hermosa to the point where i couldn't walk to prove that i was nor like that was a mental illness too but like yeah. to prove how new orleans i was and you guys don't get it i have some libations i love it yeah so um, i want to i really want to um I love this. This is actually so helpful because I feel like when I go to cities, I don't try to like know anything because I'm just like, I get scared of getting it wrong or being like, I hate being an outsider, I hate being a tourist that like doesn't know. So I don't even attempt to know because what I, it's like not asking Noah how to pronounce her name because it's like, I'm so ashamed that I don't know it that I don't even You know ask. what I would do with but you? But I'm glad to like get into this. I would, yeah. I would yeah, take you to like uh, this place called Tipitina's, which is just a small music venue. Where like I don't know if you've ever seen oh, like a, a band called The Meters. It's like this brass band. It's like fifteen Fun. guys all on, you know, the stage at the same. The energy is just. I, I saw you were gonna say speed. I saw P Funk there, uh, you know, in the Funkadelics. Is it P Funk? Yeah. I think um. Anyhow. Oh uh, uh, wait. Oh yeah. I yes, I know who that is. I think. <laughs> Wait, I don't know. He has long Maybe dreads, like colorful dreads. He was in PCU, yes. the movie. <laughs> Anyhow, but like yes. I think live music for you in New Orleans, that would be something that you would absolutely Let's, love and okay. the energy of it. Um, but, okay, yeah. that was awesome. Maybe we'll talk a little bit more about those cities, but uh, you know, every every show, I think we want to cover a couple cities that we're coming to just so we can learn about them and get the people that are from there excited about it. And if you have any fun New Orleans or Austin facts to share with us, uh, please send them in and we might feature them on the show. Uh, okay, let's get to the news. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. Yeah, you heard it here first. Oh boy, it's Wednesday, folks. You know what that means? It is Wednesday. It's hump day, baby. We're in the middle there. It's only going to go up from there, or is it going to decline no one knows really but having all the swells out there and uh back to you Noah. all right sandra bullock swears by the seven dollar drugstore product for youthful skin at 57 can you guys guess what it is swears by this $7. product i'm guessing neutrogena cleaner cleanser um i'm gonna guess coconut oil <laughs> okay well uh you're both wrong it is Preparation H. Hell yeah. She said that while starring as Whoa. Gracie Hart in Miss Congeniality, she took away a beauty hack and said, I didn't realize that putting hemorrhoid ointment on your face is acceptable in the beauty business, but apparently butt cream does help lines around the eyes. Okay. I guess it like plumps them up. Like I've heard of this before for like just um, puffiness. Does it plump uh, or plump more? I love... It, it constricts blood oh, vessels, constricts which can okay. reduce puffiness. Okay, sorry. That's what I meant. Um, I don't know why. I was but I was thinking like like filler. Like fi like usually when lines go away, it, it's plumping something. I think you were thinking about two hemorrhoids under your eyes. Well, I was also... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got a tail coming out of my fucking <laughs> cornea. Um, no, no I, I guess I think of... Like, I love these little... Because from yesterday I was on set. I did beat Bobby Flay and I, my makeup artist goes like, Oh, you have beautiful skin. I've been hearing that a lot recently. And I, you know, it's spirolactinone is the uh, hundred milligrams I take every day that cleared up my acne. But honestly, I wash my face with like any old face wash. It's, I don't really have a brand. And then fucking that stupid serum from the ordinary plant squalling, a hundred percent plant squalling $7 for a thing. It's, I swear by it, you guys. Like, it's just, that's all I need. And it's so simple. And I've tr bought things that are hundreds of dollars. And I think it just can be so much more simple than people think. And yes, I, I, I'll, and the filler I had underneath my eyes was 
one of the best, like, you know, invasive kind of things that I've done. And I've done a lot of them. That and M sculpt on my butt gave me a butt and it hasn't gone away. And maybe also like eating properly and gaining weight has given me a butt. But um, M sculpt on my butt and then um, the filler underneath my eyes uh, really helped with like just the hollow eyes. And the thing is, I'm still lovable with or without it. But um, there are when it comes to skincare, you don't need to go crazy. And I and I would die for any bestie to call in with like, here is or here's my like cheap thing that I swear by. Like, do you guys know what? Do you have anything in your arsenal that's like just you'll always use the rest of your life in terms of hair care, skin care? One thing that I learned is that um, what does she say? Eyebrows are the window to your face or something so like if you have good arch in your eyebrows it's like an instant facelift love that i learned a new trick that i want to share that i i rarely find a new trick when you're using a an eye pencil uh and this men listening maybe share this with women in your life or if you're a guy who wears guyliner um when you're using a pencil sometimes it's like it 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 kind of like doesn't go well like it's a little too cold and it's kind of gets like it doesn't like smoothly go on because it's like a pencil I saw my makeup artist one time just do a lighter and hold it over the lighter flame a little bit to warm it up and then it goes on smoothly like it's almost liquid eyeliner and I thought that was like such a cool trick but I did it the other day and I burnt my eyes so be careful it doesn't take a lot just a couple swipes and then test it on your hand like it's baby formula um okay next story Social media withdrawal symptoms differ in older and younger people. One study found that older participants reported greater psychological distress upon removing their mobile devices, while younger people reported feeling better, less anxious, and less depressed. The theory is older people may have more stressful lives and need an escape, so they use their phones like a sedative. In contrast, Mm. younger people may be seeking excitement so they use their mobile device as a stimulant. Interesting. Because you would think that people whose brains have been formed with mobile devices would be more dependent on it. But I do find that there was... I forget, I was around a bunch of youths once. I'm not going to get into details because uh, that's my own personal business. But I remember being around youths and like having them say like... Like even Emil, I remember telling me like he goes... Yeah, sometimes I just go to the coffee shop and I leave my phone at home, which to me, I would never do. I just, I, I might put my phone in my bag for a little bit or put it face down when I'm having lunch with my friends so I'm not triggered by like it lighting up. But leaving it at home, I would not be able to do that. And I think that, I think that sometimes, yeah, maybe your life gets so stressful, it, it's, it's harder to manage these, these, because what your phone is, is exactly what we're talking about. It is a way to numb out so that you're not feeling your feelings because you're having anxiety. And so you go to your phone to like not think because it's too painful to think you're avoiding pain. And I think when you get older, you get weaker to, to to make good decisions for yourself. You just have less options because you're fucking tired. You're more in pain because you're fucking weighed down by life. And it's just the easiest thing to, to not give up. Also, I mean, Um, I guess thoughts on that, uh, Andrew. Yeah. I think like social media, I guess you could replace that with like, an actual drug, right? So when you're young and you're feeling anxious, you might fucking throw in some cocaine in your nose to fucking wild out to to forget about everything and to just live in the moment and be present. When you're right. fucking 65, the idea of cutting up cocaine is just like, I don't know. If, 
<laughs> I mean, I think you'll die. But like the yeah, idea you have of less like options, like you want to numb out. You want to numb out, but you don't want to. You don't need. You the, wanna, don't want it to be harmful. Yeah, yeah. The least harm, and I guess more younger you are, you're more apt to do things that are will numb you out way more than your phone that you don't know yet are like way oh yeah that's true you. too yeah that, yeah that's true too and also well, i think that's your point is like young people are like oh i'll just do cocaine or i'll do oh no like, no no i just meant they're using their phone as like noah said as like a stimulant so like the idea being like oh yeah. they would rather have not rather do cocaine but like their phone is cocaine to them it's like oh i want to yes. see something fucking wild on my phone meanwhile an older person it's the same thing wants xanax you know what i mean like an older person wants- but an older she's saying older people have more are get more anxious when they're away from their phones that was the study so younger psychological distress no no but my point is is that they use social media as a sedative and younger people use it as a stimulant that's what she ah okay gotcha gotcha oh that makes sense yeah so um you know you don't see an old person taking speed usually because then they'll just crash your wheelchair into like yes you do really we had a president on oh yeah we have president yeah it's like caffeine we're all on speed in some way like ADD meds the that people abuse. Just took 10 of them. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it, speed is v- rampant. Things that uppers, I hate downers. Like, I, I definitely always loved alcohol, which is a downer, but um, uppers, I I don't have addictive behavior towards. Like, I did cocaine, I, I was like, I love this, but it wasn't like, I want to do it more. Like, I'm just like, okay, that was good, and I need to, like, stay. It's I don't have the, downers I get addicted to, uppers... Uh, but but yeah, we're all trying to mitigate it. Up and down, up and down. Um, let's take a quick break actually right now and we'll come back and do more headlines. Hacks is back for season three and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Tired of hair removal tools that just don't cut it? Conair Girl Bomb gives you smooth, flawless results while putting you firmly in control. From achieving that silky smooth skin to boosting your inner confidence, Conair Girl Bomb is all about helping you elevate your self care game. Whether it's creating a hype playlist, throwing yourself into a hobby, or scheduling some me time, self care is important to keeping you feeling confident and empowered. It's time to take your hair removal routine to the next level. You can trust Conair Girl Bomb to get the job done right. Conair Girl Bomb gives you the secret weapons for achieving powerful results with ease. Designed with women in mind, these tools boast the Sassy Girl Bomb Grip for unparalleled handling and precision, along with professional grade blades to deliver results that you used to only get from men's tools. No more compromising. So, to all you incredible women out there, treat yourself to a little Conair Girl Bomb magic. Don't settle for anything less than perfection. Elevate your grooming game with Conair Girl Bomb. Available now at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. 
Oh my God, you guys. I'm so excited that Don't Tell Comedy is sponsoring this podcast because they have like all of my favorite clips on Instagram Reels. I'm constantly discovering new comedians from these clips. And I always like, how do you even go to these shows? Where are they happening? Well, now I know because I have the information right here. You can go to one of these shows. Don't Tell Comedy are putting on the coolest comedy shows in the country. This isn't like a comedy club. This isn't a theater. These are small, unique venues like on rooftops, backyards, art galleries. If you're looking for a fun night out in your town, which it's probably in your town because these shows used to just be in LA and now they're all over the country, 150 cities in Canada, the US and the UK. Don't Tell Comedy is the best thing for you to go out and explore and do. You're going to see amazing new comedians. You're going to see pop-ins from famous comedians. You've seen the clips online. Be a part of the experience live in person and do it on me, guys. Get tickets at DontTellComedy.com and then use the code Nikki for 20% off your first show. 20% off. That's freaking good. Are you looking for some amazing TV to stream? Well, sink into your couch and indulge with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. We're talking some of the greatest comedies of all time. Absolute must-watch shows. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the crew in How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons of How I Met Your Mother are now streaming on Hulu right now. One of my favorite shows ever. And I mean, don't you want to know how he met their mother? Then go back home with the Dumfies, the Pritchetts, and the Pritchett Tuckers in Modern Family. Then you can start over with the Roses on Schitt's Creek. And then see what's up in the Kyle household in My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits. Streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. I mean, can you even watch all of this? We think so. Head on over to Hulu and start streaming today. Now we're talking. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure... It kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're back. Noah, what's the next headline? All right. A relationship expert has revealed the three real reasons that couples are triggered to argue. The first underlying dynamic is about power and control, which may sound like you need to unload the dishwasher my way because that's the right way. The second person responding badly to that because they feel like they're being bossed around and they're losing a sense of control. Exactly. Okay. The second underlying cause for arguing is respect and recognition. For example, you always make plans without even asking me first. Hmm. Yes. Or do you even uh, realize how much I'm doing around the house? Very common. Right. Like I, I, I need to be, sh- I need to be men, as we know, Noah, need masculine energy, whether it, that you're the female or male or whatever in the relationship. 
if you're the masculine energy, you need to be respected by the person to feel loved. And I think a lot of women fuck that. I realized that was the problem in my relationship was that I didn't, I didn't respect my partner the way that he, I thought I did, but I didn't. And now I have, I made the things, I made the right choices for myself to find the ways that I have the most deep respect for this man that I never had before. And it's as soon as I was able to tap into that and it's real and it's like fucking like I've never felt before the kind of respect that I have for my boyfriend. As soon as I tapped into that, everything that he was that he often would feel triggered by or feel like insecure about completely went away. It made him feel so safe because men need to be respected and women need to be, you know, uh, cherished. And it allowed him to cherish me when I respected him. But respect is huge. Uh, what's the third? The third one is being caring and closeness. And it may sound like, why am I the only one to text? Mm-hmm. Um, like to initiate, man, I mean, like that happens a lot. Yeah, like why am I the only why one Why am I initiating this? Um, yeah. And the fourth is Ikea. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like, I mean, all of this, every argument, that I get into uh, in my relationship or in past relationships has always come from a place for me of fear of abandonment, fear that he's going to leave me. So I leave him first fear that um, anger that I am having to not be myself because this person can't handle it, which really is about me not feeling like I'm good enough for this person because I should be able to be myself. And it, it, it has led to resentment of like, God, I have to like act like I'm okay right now because this guy will be mad at me if I'm not okay and then I get mad at him. But really, it's on me. I shouldn't be with someone that can't handle me. What am I doing? So it was always, it's always coming from a place of insecurity and me and feeling unlovable. And the only reason I'm able to have a good relationship right now, 100% is because I love myself. I just know it. And it doesn't mean that if you don't love yourself, you can't be in a relationship, but to be in a really healthy one, I do believe that you have to feel you have to respect yourself enough to let's to love someone else. I just I wasn't capable of it before and I didn't even know I wasn't. And I was doing my best and I'm glad that it took me this long, but I I the other day I was watching the reality show with Chris. Did I share this anecdote? No. And I was watching the first episode and he was watching it through his fucking fingers because he doesn't want to see himself. He's like embarrassed of like, <laughs> he just doesn't, he's like me. But I, I told him, you are so good on this. You're so adorable. We are so cute. I'm like rooting for us. Like I'm watching a Nora Ephron film. Like we are so fucking cute. And for whatever reason, I've watched the pilot now three times. It was the third viewing with him and I was watching it and I was like, I saw how much he loved me in it. Like I really saw it and I was like, that guy loves that girl so much. I kind of stopped seeing myself. And I was also like, that girl, she's a fucking lot. Like what a fucking guy this guy is. Like I always used to think I was such a fucking prize and like, why don't guys get it? And the thing is I am obviously, but I, there's nothing wrong with me, but I am a lot. It takes a very special, highly like, um, tolerant and like gent like forgiving and like secure man to be with someone who is so opinionated loud talky like as me it just it doesn't mean that like anyone who can't put up with me isn't special but it takes a very unique person and 
I was just so, I just turned to him and I go, thank you so much for loving that girl. She is so difficult and like she's adorable and I love her so much and she is doing the best she can, but that is a lot for someone to handle and you're such a good man for loving her. Like she needs that love and you were like, I just love you so much for loving her and like, thank you because that's a lot. Like suddenly I saw like what he puts up with instead of me being like, you're welcome. I was like, and of course, like I'm amazing and I'm, we laugh together and I'm a very forgiving and affectionate person. I'm sexy. I'm all these things that are great, but I'm also a fucking handful and I'm, I respect him so much for being such a man and putting up with such a sassy, brassy woman that I don't think a lot of men could put up with. And I know a lot of men couldn't put up with. And I just loved him so much for it. And I think it's a really great way to find affection for your partner is to just acknowledge that you're a tough cookie and that someone chose to be with you and how cool that is and chose to love you and like stand by you with all of your flaws. And I just... I fucking loved him so I just I just love cutting to uh, Chris smacking a random guy in the face because he has to put up with you. <laughs> <laughs> He's just smacking a guy at freaking Whole Foods who just packed his food oh wrong. Oh my god. It's like, hey dude, it's not me. I, just watch the show. Just watch what? the re- <laughs> That reminds me, dude, that like no, I don't know about you, but when I saw Jada Pinkett Smith not like get up and go like, Will stop like I was so embarrassed for her and I thought like I in that moment if I were her I would have been mortified that my husband boyfriend did that I I, I, think would have been very embarrassed. I wouldn't have been like I know I think she did and I just I didn't relate to that at all and um I don't know Noah would you like if someone you know insulted something about you would you like Avi to like stand up for you in in that kind of way and in, in what kind of way would you have liked do you get horny for like him like standing up for you or like defending you, protecting you? I think it depends like in what way. But if we were in a similar situation, like in a parking lot and like his if he reacted that way, it would only escalate it. And I would be completely turned off by that because it would be actually putting you more in harm's way. Yeah, exactly. And it's like too, by escalating too like a, I don't know, like a I don't know, too like barbaric for me. Like I <laughs> I kind of the other day when I was on Stern, I was looking at the clip they posted and I I didn't see the comments because I just knew that it was going to be upsetting to me because I was a girl with an opinion and that does not met well by They're men very a positive. lot of times. Oh, you God. Had a well, very... I didn't even look. But there were 800 comments and I was like, no, ugh. but it was, and I was so very... tired was that day. I was just ugh. it was very, very concise and like right straight to the point. It was it was oh, great. good. I'm glad. I I really was kind of like embarrassed of that and didn't repost it because I was like, I don't even know what I said. I didn't even want to listen to it. But I want to say that I, I saw 800 comments and it had just been posted. And I was like, oh, shit, this is either like very positive or very negative. But I, I just know there's going to be some stuff in there that's really mean because I saw one mean tweet that was like, oh, Stern, this is the decline of Stern. Like usually they of any comedian to call in, all they can get is Nikki Glazer. And it was like, oh, God, it just made me feel like he's probably ashamed that I even called in or like, it just made me, yeah. it's, no. it was the worst thing to read, but I didn't mean to read it, you know? And, um, I almost, I sent, I said to Chris, like I'm having a rough day because I saw 800 comments and I just know I'm just predicting that so many are just so mean. And I almost wanted him to go read them and like go in there and like write back to them or like fucking just Edit like them. get in there yeah. and like just 
just right. write back to these people. Like the way that I used to do for Amy, like Amy used to get trashed on the fucking Daily Mail and I would create fake accounts, you know, anonymous accounts or as myself and on Reddit. And I would go, you don't know what you're fucking talking about. Calling her a joke thief is just a way to diminish her. She's not a joke thief. This is a fucking street joke that she knew was a street joke to set up her other joke. You're an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. Sit this one out, non-comedian, because you, you're at your adult. Like I used to defend her all the time. And it felt so good. And I um, I love when people come to, to my defense. But at the same time, it doesn't ever work. This doesn't get through to people. And But there was something that w- wanted me to... S- I just want someone to witness what I deal with. You know, I guess that was it. I wanted someone who I love to witness, like, the hate that I have thrown at me sometimes. And, like, how... And just to take that into consideration when I'm having a bad day. That, like... Your version of a bad day is your own unique situation that I have to empathize with. But also, like, just I want you just to see a little bit of what's being hurled at me because he doesn't see it, you know, and like and I don't see it either. But even just knowing it's there, it's kind of like, Andrew, you like to know you would like the water to be clear so you could see if or you want the water to be murky so you don't know if sharks are there. Right. Like and you want it to be clear and, and I want it to be clear I but if you I don't, I don't that don't analogy doesn't comments, really work for this then you but, would keep it murky. Yes, it's but it's I just go with it must be negative. Like I <laughs> just go be, with there it's must negative. be a shark under there. I don't want to. Yeah, it really wasn't in though. There, like, and I'm not even gonna get in. I didn't read like all of it. I you know I just I I really but like everything I saw. I mean I honestly didn't see one negative, and I wasn't looking for negative because if I did, I would have went through like all of them. You know, it was yeah, all... I almost sick. Do you want it? There's just times where I just know it's negative and I know that you are going to see it because you're really good at like, just like you're good at like, you're proud of me. And so you look at the stuff like you always come from a place of like, oh, I, like you're always so proud of me. And I'm like so appreciative of like, anytime I get good news, Andrew is always just like, dude, that's fucking awesome. Like, it's weird to give your friends in the business good news that doesn't involve them sometimes because it can be like, it can be threatening and like it's hard sometimes. Mm-hmm. And like, I just want to say, Andrew, I really appreciate how, what a good friend you are to always Thanks. celebrate my achievements and like look out for me. And like, and you're, you're just, it comes from such a good, loving place. And I just like really appreciate your friendship in that way because it's, it's not always easy to do, even for me. Mm-hmm. When it comes to your achievements, like I struggle with like, because to me, it will mean, He's going to leave me. We're not going to be friends anymore because he's going to get too big. And like, he's like, I, so it's, it's hard not to go there. And I just, I think it just takes a really strong person. So I like, thank you for loving me in that way as a friend. I appreciate it. And thank you for like, I mean, it's reciprocated as you know, I've said many times, but like, you know, just like little things like you, I, I don't know how the conversation went with David Spade to get me to open for him this Saturday, but oh yeah, but that was you going. Hey, I believe in Andrew. He lives five minutes oh, away. Yeah. There's no other comedians there that are alive. But other than that, you know, no, that's but like, not it, dude. There's other comedians. No, no, I was no. Like, I'm fucking around. But like, Andrew's no, I, the best fit to open for David Spade, and he's he's gonna impress him so much. This is gonna lead to opportunities for him that I don't even that had nothing to do with me. Like, I you deserve it, and like it's. It's something that I I gave to you because you deserve it. And, I, and I felt it was yeah. And I yeah. felt on your end like I don't know. There's I don't know what switched with you either, or like both of us, I guess. Where it's like okay, we're we're a team. We're we're not we're individuals. 
We want each other to win. It's not a fucking competition. I've said that to you before. Like, I don't want to be competitive with you. And and yes. and you've said before in the past, like, no, yeah, 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 I get. But like, I don't know. Something like has changed with you that I've noticed that is I really like appreciate and like. I work on it because it is not my normal instinct to feel. And I'm, I don't like, mean that by ju- I don't mean by judging. Like, oh, no. like, but look, look at you now. I'm proud of you. But no, like there is no, something about you where it just a feels struggle for me. So genuine. I get so jealous of people's accomplishments, and I made this decision. Like Taylor Tomlinson special was such a th- like. She's so funny, and she's so young. I didn't want to watch it. Yeah. I and it's all because I'm threatened by her. It's all because she I'm scared she's funnier than me. People are gonna and people with female comics always go, God, think and every comment I read about her is always like the one female comic that I like. Like and it's just it all feels so personal against me because she's funny. And I just caught myself in this like spiral of like like not wanting to celebrate her and this amazing special she just put out or how funny this fucking phenom of comedy is because it somehow had something to do with me. And I chose, even though it was difficult to me, to fucking promote it. Because I was like, I'm not promoting this on purpose because I'm threatened by it. That is so dumb and so weak. And like, I'm so proud of her. Honestly, watching her makes me a better comedian. I'm fucking grateful for her. And the second that I promoted her and was like, uh, like, honestly said what I said, which is like, this you know, she's a beast. She's like the one to look out for and look out for meaning like watch, not like, Oh, she's going to take your place. But we're all threatened. Taylor Tomlinson is so good at such a young age. And I had been there before too, where other female comics did not acknowledge me. And I thought I took it. I never took it as they were threatened by me. Cause I'm so funny. I always took it as they don't like me. And I thought maybe Taylor, because I'm not posting about her and she knows that she knows I know, right? Like she knows that I'm seeing her stuff. Like it, it, it's, it turns into like, she might think I don't like her. And that is so not it. It's actually the opposite. I'm such a fan that I like can't deal with it. It's the same way I don't watch Mulaney because I'm just like, it makes me feel so insecure. So instead I posted about it. The second I posted about her, she writes me a DM. We're DMing back and forth just, and I just go, I, t- I'm honest with her. I go, you are so extraordinary. You're like, I, I forget what I said, but I just spoke from the heart and I didn't tell her all of this. She'll probably hear this and yeah. like find out, but I'm threatened by you, Taylor, because you're so funny and it's so stupid. And when you go into the fear, the thing that you don't want to do when you go into it, because you know, it's the right thing to do. And you know that it, it will free you on, on the other side of it is like freedom. I love when I see her clips now, I like consume everything she this. has. I love There's this whole, no part yeah. of me that's like, Oh God, like Taylor this is again. What I like, love about like MMA at the end when they Shake, hug each other yeah. after they like brutally kill, like tried to kill one another. Yes. I just, I knew, and I, honestly, Taylor might get things that I am up for. If Taylor didn't exist, I might work more, to be honest with you. But you I'm don't need to work to, more, I'm dude. Ha- I'm just, let me just say though, I'm not, let's not live in this world where it's like, there's a room enough for all of us. There isn't. That women are, there's one woman per show. There can be only one quirky best friend on a Netflix thing. Yes, we're a decade different in age, but there might be a thing where Taylor gets something that if it wasn't for her, I would get it. And so I could maybe go, yeah, she she could literally be a threat to me working. And even if, let's say I do need work, Andrew. Let's say I do need that job okay. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so let, let's say I'm sued and I lose all my money and I do need that work and Taylor takes that job. It's still me 
uplifting her is going to benefit me in the end. Like I'm not, I'm not not like Taylor is a, a threat to me getting things because she is so funny. She's young. She's beautiful. She's fucking honest and cool. But that doesn't mean that I should indulge in those like jealous, envious be- like feelings because that is just, it's coming from a place of hate. And I just want to like, I don't mean to sound like Will Smith's acceptance speech, but I want to come from a place of love. And like, it took me, it took a lot for me to do the thing that I didn't want to do, which is like, tell people, hey, watch Taylor. She, cause I don't, cause I think my fans are going to go, oh my God, she's so much better than Nikki. Why am I following Nikki? Unfollow, follow Taylor, everything now Taylor. It's like, and in that right way, there is room for both of us. And honestly, me watching Taylor and which I was avoiding for so long is been like, oh my God, I really like what she's doing here. And it like makes me think about the way I'm approaching things. It's going to make me a better comic. Dude, she loves talking about mental health. She loves talking about all the things. She's awesome. Yeah. And I had her on my podcast, whatever, like a while back. And I was like, her and Nikki would be, I've talked to you about this before off Mike, but I was like, I know you guys will be friends. I knew you would be friends. Like you have, but I think sometimes you're, you become so, you have so much common shit with like an enemy that like all it takes is one <laughs> like real healthy but conversation. That's why why I'm threatened by her is because we're so similar. The yeah. same reasons why we would be such good friends is why yeah. I want to keep her at a distance and try to like like and honestly, I bet Taylor would say Taylor will be me someday. She'll be ten years down the road, and there will be some little phenom that is going to be in her rearview mirror who is getting a lot of attention, and they're saying like, finally, this voice. We've been waiting for this. And it's going like it's that song "Nothing New" by Taylor Swift and Phoebe Bridgers about, um, "Will you still love me when I'm nothing new? When I'm not the new girl anymore?" Yeah. And I was the new girl for so long. I was the young, like br- brat, like sassy, like kind of cute, like tell it like it is, girl. And I'm not that girl anymore. Taylor's that girl now, and I, I'm just like, I her success is has nothing to do with me. And I just, I, she is good for the world. She empowers girls to like be more honest. And that bitch has gotten to a place of honesty and being able to put it into joke form that is so uh, precise and expert. She's an excellent joke writer. She's a truth teller. She is young. And I know we have a lot of young listeners that sometimes don't relate to what I'm talking about. If you don't know Taylor Tomlinson, absolutely check her out. If this isn't a ringing endorsement, I don't know what is. <laughs> And I just want to, I want to just like celebrate people that threaten me more. <laughs> she is the new host of F Boy Island 3. I didn't, I just, I'm letting what? you know. What the fuck? Yeah, dude. It's bad. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It, that honestly could happen. <laughs> and I, I would be like, actually, that's a good, you know. You know, it's I, not the best. Listen, range. I, I hope to work with her because like, that's what this could lead to. Instead of me being like. Not a thousand percent. Final thought. Yes, a thousand percent. You guys need to start listening to Taylor Tomlinson's podcast and drop out on ours. No, we got to have her on the show to talk about this because I'm going to write her a DM DM after this just to warn her that I go into a whole thing. But um, it's it it it, for me starting out this episode admitting I don't know how to say know his name. Like I am actually admitting a lot of things that I never thought I I would admit on air. You're really in a healthy spot, Nikki. Like. Thanks, it's man. Awesome. But I, but it brought it, it came up because, dude, like it used to be hard for me when you would get things, whether it be like a girlfriend, whether it be a cat, like things like that, 
would have. Like, I got a cat a week ago. Threaten me. <laughs> no, but I mean, like in the past, if you got a cat, I'd be like, "Oh, I'm jealousy has this new thing to post about that is like doesn't have to do with me." And what only this gonna- cute yeah. little thing? What? Uh, are you jealous what's his name of? Again? Are you? I don't know. Mango. No mango. Have I mean, he um, is fucking mango. cute. He hates me, but mango is so cute. Anyhow, but yeah. But like it, it when I have those instincts, and I still do them. I'm. I'm not fucking perfect. I'm sure there's going to be another Taylor Tomlinson that I'm going to like have to like. But wait, what is it about like the posting of like me having a cat to post? Like, why would that offend or affect you negatively? Because it's getting you attention for a like, like honestly, this is all really embarrassing to admit, by the way. And I don't think that I'm alone here and admitting that like when people's lives are going well on Instagram, you kind of resent it because you're in a bad place. Mm-hmm. Like you want everyone to be as gloomy as you are. So like, obviously it has every, everything to do with me. That that's, that's, that didn't happen by the way. But like, let me just say how that could in a way. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, you getting a cat. Oh, Brennan and Andrew are so happy with their cat. Like he's, he's so, he's just happy. He looks happy. Everyone's happy for him. They're saying how cute the cat is. Everyone loves him. He's getting so many likes. No one likes me. Uh, he's going to get so many likes that now he's going to realize like this post has nothing to do with Nikki. So do I really need to be friends with Nikki anymore? <laughs> like it's not really helping. Like I, I can, that's yeah. the way women, women are fucking weak. Uh, that's the way my brain thinks. I go so far and it's such a fucking narcissist. Like it has nothing I to do, do with me. I do shit like that. I do shit like that. But yeah, yeah. I, I take it personally and I'm just starting to realize like I, if you just come up from a place of like, what do I, what's the story I want to tell? Honestly, let's come back to this. What's the story I want to tell? I want everyone in the world to feel love and happiness and joy. Like that's all I want for anyone. And, and I want myself to feel that way. And anytime I want someone to not feel joy, it's because I don't feel joy and I want it to match mine. So like, but when it comes down to it, like those feelings of jealousy I have, are all myself and I'm not a bad person for feeling them. That's why I'm talking about it honestly because I don't think that's something to be ashamed of to feel this way and to feel threatened by people. It's I can't help it. But I but it's nice to share it and to be honest about it because I have those feelings It just t- frees me. When I see you with like, you know, whatever, like big comedians or like, you know, you're you've traveled way more than I I've just been in St. Louis pretty much just playing golf while you've done 15 different shows and stuff like that. Sometimes I go, Oh, she's just going to forget about me. You know what I mean? Like I have those thoughts, right. you know, I have those thoughts, yes, but you've proven yes. time and time over again to me that you have my back and that I am have value to you. And no matter who you meet or like being on Howard or all, all that shit, which is whatever, like you've proven that like, Oh no, I'm not going to, but I still have those doubts all the time. You know, I have that brain that goes through that. Like, Oh, look at her there. Oh yeah. Oh, she's just going to move to LA and I'm going to somehow live in St. Louis and have to eat dinner with her parents without her. Like, you know, I have these kind of thoughts, you know, that you're not crazy to think that like those kind of, you know, like, so I, um, yeah, I guess that's true. And like, that's very possible, all those things. So I just want to like validate that. <laughs> that might have, no, I, 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 you know what it comes down to is like trusting that like our friendship is about, is not transactional. And I think that's what's gotten in the way for me sometimes is that I feel like, oh, if Andrew wasn't on the road for me with me and I wasn't, he wasn't on my podcast and all these things, like, would he be friends with me? And I think I've just come to the place where I like trust that you would. And like, it's not about 
the things you get, those are great things that I'm able to like give you. And, and of course that's like, it's awesome for, for you and for me, but like, it, it just gets, I think sometimes when you have your friends on payroll yeah, or like you are wrapped up in like work stuff, you start to question if you are really loved for who you are or for the opportunities you're providing or because you're like famous or whatever. And I think those were some insecurities of mine for a bit. And I just, instead of being like, I know he loves me as a friend, I just, whatever it is, it is. And I'll find out when it happens. And if you, if you do end up like, let's say you do end up like only as soon as something, a better opportunity comes along, we never talk again. Right. (laughs) then that's okay. Like, then I'll deal with it. It's like, I just have to let go. And the truth is, as soon as I let go, I realize like, oh, you, you do like, it's there's a, just no question that you love it's me. It's the same. Friend. It's, like, there's just no question. And the but flip side to that is, you know, I constantly feel like, you know, uh, do, am I talented to deserve these transactions because I'm getting it from a friend? Does that make sense? Like, am I, yes. am I worthy of this or am I only getting it because of friendship? And I have to constantly question of like, how talented really am I uh, without the friend, take the friendship out of it. If you were just going off my joke writing ability or whatever like that, you know, like, uh, would, would I still be, you know, in the running and would, and do I, you know what I mean? So then, you right. know, I have like, to, am I only keeping you around for your friendship and it's not about your talent? Yeah. Yes. Well, I think that it's important to know that like and it could be both. bottom line, it can be, it is both, yeah. but really if I thought that you weren't talented, I would just pay, like I just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put you on my show. Like yeah. I, I would, I would be honest with you and give, and I have given you constructive criticism of like, when you do this, dude, it is your real, like from my perspective, I think this is going to take you to the next level. This, not so much. And like, so I, I, I am aware of how talented you, and like, yeah, I, I, I get that too. I, I, that's so interesting because we both are insecure about, like you're insecure that all I care about is your friendship and you're, I'm insecure that all you care about is uh, me using your talent. And it's so funny because it, um, I, I keep you around as my friend because you're so talented and because you inspire me and you are the sum of your five closest friends and I want 20% of my being to be what Andrew Collins got going on. Same. And that's the truth that's so of the matter. Sweet. Yeah, no, it's yeah. awesome. And you not so much uh AV yeah, AV or Oh. No. Uh and Noah, it's you too. Like you're someone I spend so much time with on this podcast and you are one of my five closest friends as well and like yeah, I want I want what you I would love to be 20% Noah, 20% Andrew. Um and and, and, 60% and even though that's filler. mostly sauce. we gotta go i gotta go run to a meeting i love you both so much what a great episode um i'll be back in st louis tomorrow we'll be face to face and uh love you besties hope you enjoyed the episode don't be cut and quick track be slow too looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results but also empower you with a sense of complete control Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girlbomb grip and professional-grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girlbomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girlbomb. 
Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. This is so cool. Don't Tell Comedy is sponsoring this podcast. Don't Tell Comedy are comedy shows that happen in these really intimate, unique spaces like art galleries and backyards and rooftops. I did one of their first shows in 2017. It was in a random clothing store in LA. Now they are in 150 cities worldwide. You gotta check them out. They are such a perfect night out. Don't Tell Comedy is the spot to go. Date night, alone night, friend night, whatever you want it to be. It's so fun. Get tickets at DontTellComedy.com. Use the code Nikki for 20% off your first show. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 